Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Rodney Hudson is back. Andy Lee is back, and not a moment too soon. Funny how we often take a snap and a hold for granted. Hudson's return, by the way, is by no means a cure-all for what's been ailing the offense in recent weeks, but he is needed. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 517, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So that might have been the coldest practice of the year earlier on Wednesday. I saw your tweet. You said 52. I think it might have been in the upper 40s, if we're being honest, once they hit the practice field just after 9 a.m. Yeah, that was actually because we're allowed to video and take pictures, but you can't um, post anything until the 20 minutes are over. So I went and sat down, and I just looked at the uh, the weather, <laughs> and it said 52. But I, I, would, I would agree with you. It was a brisk 52, and – K1 was wearing, like, you had a sweatshirt underneath his jersey, so some guys were wearing sleeves. I guess we're in Arizona, and when it drops to 50 or 45. um, But people don't realize that maybe haven't lived here for a long time or they come in here, you know, because of the Fiesta Bowl, and obviously you're getting out of snow. The desert gets brisk in the mornings and evenings, and you can tell when when the weather's cooling down. Yes, the air is a lot colder, especially a little bit overcast on Wednesday, getting some rain, which is much needed. But, yeah, we're basically, to sum it all up, Bird Gang, we're a bunch of wimps here in Arizona when we're complaining when the weather drops below 50 degrees, but it's still not freezing like it is in some places around the United States. Oh, no, I mean, listen, I I see people shoveling snow. We're shoveling sunshine. Yes. Big, (laughs) big difference. All right, let's get into what we saw during the open portion of practice. Actually, what we didn't see. (laughs) James Conner, not spotted. Rondell Moore did go through team stretch, and then that was about it. Marco Wilson, Zach Allen, Jordan Phillips, not present. Now, Conner and Moore, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, day-to-day, likely game-day decisions. The news not so good on Marco Wilson. In the words of head coach Cliff Kingsbury, it doesn't look good for this week. Well, it's disappointing because, A, he's a starter. Um, B, um, they don't have Robert Alford for another week. And so it's going to be a lot of Antonio Hamilton and then I would assume Byron Murphy. And it sounds like Kevin Peterson is going to get an opportunity. He, he got a chance to play last week when uh, Marco Wilson went down. Now, luckily, hopefully it's not long-term because he is a starter, and you'd like to have some depth behind that. But I, I really like the way that Antonio Hamilton has played. He's given this team a lift. You don't forget, there was a game that Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson were out, and it was Chase Whitaker, Antonio Hamilton, and Robert Alford out there. My thing about Alford is, first of all, he's able to he's been able to stay healthy for the most part uh, compared to the last couple of years. I just think he's a little bit more physical than the other corners on the roster. You bring up Kevin Peterson, who they'll have to elevate off the practice squad, which they did last week. Breon Borders is another corner on the roster, although he's on the reserve COVID-19 list. So be interested to see what they do at that position. You do want to start to get 
healthier going into the postseason and not lose so many at one particular position. That's that's always been the big item. Yeah, you're going to get injured players, but you just don't want it to have concentrated in one position, whether it's offense or defense. Yeah, and I think the Cardinals are looking ahead. I mean, you, you'd like to have, you know, some veteran corners. And, you know, clearly, you know, there's been reports about different guys and maybe in, in the COVID protocol right now. But I would think they want to add another veteran corner just to have insurance. Nothing against Marco Wilson returning. And then, obviously, Murphy and Antonio Hamilton. And then next week they'll get offered back. So, and all of a sudden, a position that's thin right now, you can add to you. We They can go four or five deep. Absolutely. Now, in addition to Borders, Marcus Golden, Sean Harlow have been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. There are new protocols, however, with the National Football League. As far as a quarantine, it's been cut in half from 10 days to five, as long as you're asymptomatic. That's always been the key word because someone gets placed on that list. And it's like, oh, well, just, you know, get a negative test, a couple of negative tests within 24 hours. No, no, no. <laughs> there are fewer people, fewer players that are testing out of the protocol. Yeah, and this came from the CDC when it came to 10 to 5 days. Now, you know, last week when you know we found out about Darius Leonard, we're thinking, man, he's going to miss the next two games. Now he's eligible to play. And Carson Wentz, uh, right after the, it was announced yesterday that he got COVID, um, he's unvaccinated, but there's a possibility he could play. So, you know, I, I like the fact that the CDC uh, made that and that, that allows Dr. Stills, who's really the, uh, the head honcho when it comes to the, the COVID uh, protocols and all the different testing. So I think it's encouraging. And, you know, again, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. It's one thing to go through the week and game plan for your opponent. Teams have to game plan now who's going to be available. And if you're if you're missing a DeAndre Hopkins or Rodney Hudson, you have to change your game plan. Now, we knew that Hop wasn't coming back. Hudson obviously was a guy that was on COVID. Um, he's cleared to go this week, which would be a big thing. We're going to talk about that. So it's not only you got a game plan, but you got a game plan who's going to be available on game day, and that has to affect your game plan from maybe Monday to Tuesday to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And sometimes it's even shorter notice than that. On game day, yeah. the day before, to where it's, okay, well, this is our plan, and it is the next man up. Literally, the next man up has to do everything that we had thought we were going to have when we lost X player. Prime example, Corey Peters on game day in Cleveland. Yeah, and the Cardinals were able to weather that storm, literally. And we've seen teams weather that storm, including against the Arizona Cardinals, unfortunately. Off the reserve COVID-19 list, Rodney Hudson, you mentioned it. And according to Kingsbury, there's a good chance he'll play this week. I do think he'll play. He was not spotted at practice. Neither was Calvin Beecham. Probably a vet day for Beecham. But Hudson, they do want to ease him back in. He's missed the past two games. Andy Lee, also off the reserve COVID-19 list, was not spotted during the open portion of practice. But a big deal. Those two words, big deal. Kingsbury's words when you talk about your punter Andy Lee but as we saw last week against the Colts it's not just the punting it's the holding stuff that we take for granted unless something goes wrong and Christmas night something went wrong yeah and they knew he was going to be out again with these new protocols they really haven't gotten into effect like what we're dealing with now compared to last week so I got to assume they did practice it. Um, obviously, you know, we kind of got wind uh, just watching the, the pregame that Colt McCoy was taking uh, snaps as the holder, and we know that didn't go well. And then they put Ryan Winslow in there, and he uh, was recently released. 
So getting Andy Lee back, uh, I'm sure Matt Prater's probably you know sending him flowers, and because that's not the Matt Prater that we know, and I'm sure we talked about the Seattle game, they won that game, but he said it was the worst game in his career, and I got to think this goes right up there. But there's going to be a game or two, hopefully down the stretch right here, where he's going to have to get a game-winning quick kick, and I feel really comfortable with Aaron Brewer, Andy Lee, and obviously Matt Prater. And I believe. And I'm trying to look real fast here. That game at Seattle, yeah, Aaron Brewer was on injured reserve. So the two games in which Prater has missed three kicks, his first ever three kicks missed in a game, and he's done it twice this season. One, he was without his snapper, and the other is without his holder. Now, look, it's a three-step process. So it's not like one guy controls everything. You have to have the snap, you have to have the hold, you have to have the kick. And you have to have the laces in the right direction. And we've never had an issue with Andy Lee. Yes. So, again, we don't talk about it unless something goes wrong. And on Christmas night, the Cardinals left at least seven points off the board and just missed kicks. So, hopefully that is no longer an issue. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, you mentioned Rodney Hudson, and we want to kind of do a deep dive because it was an interesting phrase that Kingsbury used earlier in the week with respects to Rodney Hudson. Quote, he's the security blanket for all of us, end quote. We heard from Kelvin Beecham talking about the stability that Hudson provides on that offensive line, but from the sound of it, it's more likely the entire offense. Now, he touches the football every single snap. Nothing can happen until the center gives the football to whoever is behind him, Kyler Murray, direct snap, whatever. So, yes, having him back is a big deal. There have been five games without Rodney Hudson. They are two and three without Hudson. Wins at Cleveland, home against the Texans. But these past two games, they have not had Rodney Hudson. And I think that has, I I don't want to say a lot to do, but it is a factor in why this offense has stalled, if you will, in the past two weeks. Yes, because we, we've well documented I did ask Kingsbury on Wednesday, just, you know, over the last couple of weeks they've been throwing the ball and, and he was I mean he gave me the right answer was we're falling behind and that's what happens. But we talked about the importance of this team getting off to a, a lead. It doesn't have to be seventeen nothing at halftime. It, it, you know, seven to ten points, score in that first quarter, start the build off it. But having him in there and Kingsbury kind of left the door open between Max Garcia and Josh Jones, and I just look at it on paper. Josh Jones had three false start penalties last week, okay? They're at home. That should not happen. Those are mental errors. That's a lack of focus. And, you know, I think, you know, give Max Garcia a ton of credit, you know, playing in a position he wasn't used to playing. He's more of a guard, and that's where he really cut his teeth in his career. So I would think it's Garcia, but, again, that's going to come down to Sean Coogler, and I always say he's going to play the best five guys, and it's based on what they do in practice, based on film session, based on matchups. So I just think he, he, he calms the, the waters. He, he, he helps Kyler with the calls. Not that Max wasn't doing that, but he's got more experience. He's done this. And, yes, he's had a few low snaps, but nothing to where you're getting a safety or Kyler's running for his life. So that will, that will definitely help this team. You won't see that safety like you had in that game. Hopefully, obviously, bad field position to start. Um, and then, you know, we, we like the tackles. It's more the interior. We really haven't talked about Justin Pugh. That's probably a good thing, meaning he's not getting blown up. Um, but this Dallas front four, they rush four. And they 
can get pressure with four, and they are huge. I mean, I've you talk about the all airport team, Craig. You see these guys walking through the airport, and you think they're power forwards. And I'm serious. I mean, they're huge. Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, some of their D tackles, and they. That's why. Uh, Diggs and that secondary has so many uh, turnovers, and then we didn't even—I didn't even mention Micah Parsons. I mean, they drafted him to play inside in a four-three. Okay, Cardinals play a three-four. That's why you know he—I'm he, not saying he wouldn't have been a fit because I think you can put him anywhere. Now he's literally rushing the passer. It's like pick your poison here. So again, get get the running going going back again, not throwing the ball forty plus times and running only twenty to twenty-two. Let's have more balance. And you had a great stat a few weeks ago, and I actually mentioned it at Kingsbury today. 48% rush, 52% pass. Now, when you're trailing, it's difficult to do that. But they need to get off to a good start and run the football, and that will open up the passing game um, on the back end. You touched on a lot with respect to the offense, so let's take them one by one. In particular, Hudson and that interior, the pressure that Kyler Murray has been under these past two games. And really, when you look at the pressure he's experienced without Hudson in the lineup, there has been more pressure, especially the interior push, has come straight in the face of Kyler Murray. And we see that in the completion percentage. In the past two games without Rodney Hudson, Kyler Murray has completed 56 and 63% of his attempts, the two lowest marks of the season. And then you look at the three games Hudson missed earlier in the year, week six, seven, and eight. Twice in that stretch, Murray completed 67%. Now, that's still a great number, but nowhere near to the 70-plus percent that he was completing for the first nine games of the regular season. So, overall, four of Murray's six worst passing games in terms of accuracy happened when Hudson was out. Now, that's not coincidence. That is something that is tangible, the benefit of having Rodney Hudson anchor that offensive line. I'll go further. His completion percentage has gone down since they lost DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, we know Hop is one of the top three receivers. Again, eight touchdowns, seven came in the red zone. Yeah, he wasn't putting up, you know, 100 yards a game, but you have to defend him. And, and if teams were, you know, we, we go back to last year when he was targeted 16 times in week one, had 14 catches against the 49ers. And teams all of a sudden would put a safety over there, so that opens up the middle of the field. And Kyler's definitely made improvement from 11 to 19. Um, but just, yeah, I agree with you. But I think when you throw that ball 40 to 45 times, the numbers are going to come down because, let's be honest, he was pressing. He's trying to make a play. And, you know, you hear this, well, maybe he thought he can get 17 points in one drive. That's not happening. So, in other words, he was pressing. And – I asked him about, you know, now that you guys clinched, and, and, and this is worthy of pointing out, this team clinched. I know that we're going to look at the last month and you want to be playing your best football going into the postseason, but they've clinched with two games to go. Last year they failed clinching in weeks 16 and 17. And I asked him, do you think, you know, you don't have that cloud over you? He, didn't dis- he, he disagreed about the cloud. And he kind of said, you know, we're not panicking here. And I like what I heard from every single player and the head coach today, Antoine Wesley, Jordan Hicks, Kingsbury, and Murray. And they just feel like the little things. And Kyler's been on this from day one. Last year he came out more, the little things, the penalties, the false starts, getting behind the sticks. So they're not panicking, which to me, and and they make reference to the Rams going winless in the month of uh, November and how the Chiefs got off. So they know that – 
the ebb and flow of the NFL, but you want to hit that reset button and start playing a lot better. Quoting Kyler Murray earlier on Wednesday, if you watch the film and know what you're talking about, we're not that far off, end quote. He also mentioned, because there has been a lot of talk, and rightfully so, quote, there's nothing crazy that needs to be done. Everybody needs to do their job. Everybody has to be a little bit better, i.e., not committing penalties, not turning the ball over. But more specifically, and this kind of also plays into the fact that you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, be better in the red zone. Over the past three games total, two of ten inside the red zone. And the last two games, you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. That's a huge piece that you're missing. Yet at the same time, you have to figure it out. And that, I think, is something that right now is of major concern with respect to this offense. You get inside that 20-yard line, you can't come up short. You can't kick field goals. You have to score touchdowns. Yeah, and I, and I think getting James Conner back will kind of alleviate that. Even though he was part of those two out of the last three games, he, he was close to playing. He's got a heel injury. I mean, entering Week 17, the Cardinals ranks 8th in total offense, 10th in both passing and rushing, despite scoring 30 points just once in the last six weeks. Once. Uh, again, I'm not looking for style points, but like I said, you know, early on, I thought it was sustainable just based on, you know, comp- playing complimentary football. The defense was forcing turnovers. They were road warriors, th- 30 points, 400 yards. But when you get to this time of the year, everyone gets a little bit more conservative. Now you're, it's every possession, every play, and, and they just cannot beat themselves. That's the bottom line here. But I was encouraged. You know, we, we move on from the three-game losing streak, and you, you focus ahead. But I, I've been encouraged what I'm hearing this week from guys even – even Antonio Hamilton and Calvin Beecham. I mean, they know where they're at, and they're up for the challenge, and I like that. I mean, you're not going to just roll over, and yes, Dallas is coming off their very probably their best one of the season, and as you pointed out correctly on the Red Sea Report, they had already clinched a playoff berth before they stepped on that field, and, and, and they were rolling, and you could see they had momentum where they weren't waiting for anything. And Dallas, you know, depending on what happens with um, the Packers, the Packers or Tampa, now, you know, they got the Jets in. So, to me, Cowboys would like to get up to a two seed. But the Buccaneers, they have two games left with the Jets, and then they got the Panthers. They got to assume they're going to run the table there. But the Cowboys, they have this game and, and who at Philadelphia. At Philadelphia. And Philadelphia right now is a six seed, and they're, they're making a Actually, mark. Actually, they're a the seven seed. Seven they're, seed. they're behind the 49ers. Okay, 49ers. I, 49ers to me. They're still on the outside looking in, but I want you're, you're being accurate. So, so Dallas is looking at that two seed. There, yeah, there is still plenty for them to play for. Now, I do think there's still plenty for the Cardinals to play for with respects to not just seeding, but there is an opportunity if the Rams should stumble that you can win the NFC West. But I think the focus, and that's the other thing that we heard earlier on Wednesday, the focus is about the Arizona Cardinals, not so much about anyone else or what they need to have happen. It's we need to correct what's been ailing this team over these three games. Yeah, and the NFL did change the schedule. So the uh, the Rams are going to play the Ravens, and supposedly Lamar Jackson's back on the factory field. That game is an early game. So if the Rams stumble, that opens the door. But if the Cardinals don't take care of business, then we're, they're going to be in the same boat they were going into that game. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And I hope that that game, because it kicks off ahead of time, is not something that these players are paying attention to or interested in. Take care of your own business and not worry about 
someone else because this team needs to figure out and start playing better football. As Kyler Murray said post game on Christmas night, it's bad football right now. And it is bad football because you can't be one and three in the month of December and expect to make a run in the postseason. It just does not happen. Yeah, and we, we've heard the word clean football. They want to get back to playing clean football, which is not shooting yourselves in the foot, not taking you know uh, pre- or post-snap penalties, scoring in the red zone, the defense capitalizing on the offense, moving the ball, and them going out there and making plays. So they want to get back to clean football. We just haven't seen that over the last three weeks. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we kind of look back and then also look ahead to a Week 17 matchup at the Dallas Cowboys. You keep bringing up the run game, and I know your question to Cliff Kingsbury was phrased in such a way that, yeah, the way games play out, you rely more on the pass to get yourself back into the ball game. My issue with all of that, though, is people are losing sight of what happened in the first half of those past three games. Not the end of the game. I'm talking about the first 30 minutes, and this team got away from running the football in the first 30 minutes against the Colts, Lions, and Rams. Well, the one that really sticks out for me is the Lions game. We talked about running the football. I mean, they had a chance to clinch, and for some reason they abandoned the run. Now they're down 17 nothing. Wasn't it 17 nothing? It was 17 nothing only because the Lions scored with 19 seconds left okay. to go. So they were only down two scores. Right, but we're talking about this is the game Edmonds came back and you had Connor in, in, in the way that Kyler's been running. Those three guys combined had maybe had three carries. In the first half. First half. I mean, you you would have thought, you know, you, you again, I – it's subjective. I just didn't like the way the game started with him holding on to the ball and then trying to get to the outside, and 53 Harris was able to get him. And it's just kind of just – but it, that was the first play of the game. I was hoping they'd line up and run the football because when they were putting up 400 yards and 30 points, they were averaging over 30 uh, attempts per game. And they're 8-2 and two when they average over 830 uh, attempts per game. So, again, you got to do what you got to do based on down and distance and the score. I wasn't going to say, you know, you've been throwing at 75%, but I'm just saying I totally agree with you. It's what happens. In you the, the game's not over in the first quarter, okay, even though we go back to that Rams game and how he threw that interception to Zach Ertz. They really haven't recovered in the red zone since then, and that was what, three games ago. So, yeah, like I said, I getting Hudson back, if, if Max Garcia is in there um, – I think this is a game where you want to run the football because Dallas right now they're 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 potent scoring scoring. I mean they got a two headed monster between Pollard and Zeke. Schultz the tight end he's got six touchdowns and you throw in C D Lamb Amari Cooper and um, who am I missing? Oh Michael Gallup. So I mean they got weapons and so to me run the ball. Kind of like Kyler said, he, he knows teams are trying to keep him on the sidelines. He told us that on Wednesday. And that's been the mo. Your best defense against Kyler Murray is an offense that can sustain drives, move the football. The Cardinals have been able to move the football until you get inside the red zone, and that's when things have stalled. I mean, you put up 350-plus yards and are only scoring 12 and 16 points, that that doesn't compute, so something's off. Yeah, and and, and really when you look looks at some of these games, you know, maybe the, um, the Lions game – the time of possession was overwhelming. Even even in this game, that's why I, you know I didn't like the Cardinals throwing three consecutive downs. 
taking two, uh, 209 off the clock when your defense had been on the field close to 35 minutes going in late in the third quarter. Um, but to me, they have to establish a run. It just makes so much sense for this offense, and that's where it really starts. But I, I do like the fact that they're going to have their five best right now, and if it happens to be Garcia or Jones. But the whole, the whole key is Rodney Hudson. Kingsbury acknowledged that this offense is not at their best when they're throwing the ball a ton. And, yes, it factors in that you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, but earlier in the season, this team went 2-1 and one because they ran the football. Now, Colt McCoy was the quarterback. I get it. So maybe there's more to it than just, hey, Rodney Hudson was in those three games. He was your starting center. He was snapping the ball. But Colt McCoy now all of a sudden – is he the answer to figure out how do you run an offense without DeAndre Hopkins on the football field? You look at that game against San Francisco and Seattle, 39 rushing attempts, 33 rushing attempts. Now it helped that they had leads early in that game, 14-0 at San Francisco, 7-0 at Seattle. So you want to look at why this offense is struggling now versus why it wasn't earlier in the season when DeAndre Hopkins wasn't on the football field? Well, this Cardinals team plays much better when they have a lead. They're not a come-from-behind football team. They're 7-2 and two when they score first, 7-2 and two when they lead after the first quarter. 0-5 when trailing at the end of the third quarter, 1-4 when trailing at halftime. Now, going back to Colt McCoy, in that San Francisco game, he was 22 of 26. I mean, eight, close to 85% average in 10 yards uh, per attempt. Carolina game, obviously they got behind. He was 11 for 20, 55%, only averaging 5-3. Seattle game, he threw the ball 44 times. He was 35 of 44. Again, 80% completion percentage, had a couple touchdown passes. Now he was only sacked six times in all three of those games, two, two, and two. So it wasn't like Colt McCoy was only throwing the ball 25 times. I mean, 22 for 26, obviously the Carolina game. But in Seattle – and, and they had to run the football, too, there, but he, they threw the ball 44 times. That's not the recipe to win. It's, and you're never going to have 50-50. If, if you can get 30 to 33 runs and you get 65 to 68 snaps, that's the key. And what I was going to bring up when I was when I was thinking about this over the last three games, it's not like the other teams had, had 75 snaps and the Cardinals had four, 45. It, it's been closer the thing is time of possession, and it's what you do with the football when you when you get in the red zone. And all these teams have scored in the red zone, and the Cardinals have not. And that's been the biggest difference, time of possession, red zone efficiency. Cardinals need to do a much better job of getting out to a good lead to where they can be more balanced because those last three games, 49, 50, 43 passing attempts, the three highest passing attempts of the season. And I get some of that is because you're trailing in the second half. But look at the first 30 minutes of the game. This team has gotten away from what made it so successful in the first seven games of the regular season, being balanced and utilizing everyone. Now, I'll say this, Christmas night was the first time this season the Cardinals played without their starting center, starting wide receiver, and were missing James Conner. If you get James Conner back, now you get that one-two punch in the backfield. Rodney Hudson is back. That shores up the offensive line. And you'll have to figure out what wide receiver steps up in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. D-Hop's missing cannot mean this much to the offense. There's more to it than that. You take off a major playmaker, yeah, you're going to suffer. But I'm sorry, a wide receiver should not have that much of an impact on an offense 
He does account for defenses. His presence factors into how defenses defend you. But you have to adjust, and that's where the coaching staff and Kyler Murray come into play because it's on them to figure it out, whether it's Antoine Wesley or more Zach Ertz or Chase Edmonds and James Conner coming out of the backfield. You lose DeAndre Hopkins, it's a huge blow, but it's not a death knell. No, I mean, and I think if, if we bottom line this, when, you know, Hopkins, I keep mentioning seven red zone touchdowns where they're struggling now, but if I had a preference what's been going on, I prefer to have Rodney Hudson back because they have other weapons. Now it's a matter of Christian Kirk can't drop the football when the, when the ball's right in his hands. He's not trying to do it. Wesley, he looked like Diahop out there. I, I like his upside. I like his mentality. He played for Cliff. He he flashed in training camp. AJ Green, he's you know up and down. Um, you know, t- two or three games ago, he had a hundred yards, and, and last week one catch for thirty three. So. And then Zach Ertz has kind of been the target. Him and Christian Kirk have really taken the targets away from Hop. But I thought I thought Drew Stanton, who really brings a lot to the table, we had him on the Red Sea Report uh, yesterday, and he he wants to see both Connor and Edmonds in the game at the same time because they're not one-trick ponies. They can run between the tackles. Obviously, you're in short yardage. That goes to Connor, and you can put Chase in motion. And throw that screen pass to them where if they're going to try to rush you, because, again, they're going to rush four without blitzing unless Parsons coming off the edge. Um, so, uh, again, just getting back your your star players, guys that have guys that have looked the part and they played the part during the season, that will go a long way. Experience at the center position as far as seeing defenses. Now, I don't know how much of a Cowboys defense Rodney Hudson has seen over the years and certainly being in the AFC now in the NFC, but let's touch on this Cowboys defense here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, week 17, the kickoff on Sunday, 225, 930 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. But this Cowboys team, as much as people have been talking about the offense based off the 56-14 beating of Washington on Sunday night football, this this Cowboys defense under Dan Quinn, longtime football coach, former Falcons head coach, now in his first season with the Cowboys as defensive coordinator, seventh in points allowed. Number one, though, in takeaways number one on third down and those are some of the stats and statistical categories that we hear Vance Joseph talk about how are you inside the red zone are you keeping the team out of the end zone are you taking the football away are you getting them off the field on third down Cowboys are doing that and they've got Demarcus Lawrence a Randy Gregory Micah Parsons in the middle Trevon Diggs in the secondary they have playmakers at all three levels and they're clicking and there was no slump defensively. There was a slump on the offensive side of the ball, but defensively, this Cowboys team has been playing very well all season. Well, I mean, we we talk about the Cardinals, um, you know, defensively, and it really happened earlier in the season. You know, right now, Buda, uh, Byron Murphy has four interceptions, Baker has three, Jalen Thompson two, and then you got a couple of uh, Zach Allen, Alford, and Simmons. They have 12 interceptions. Trayvon Diggs has 11. <laughs> Do you know how many they have as a, as a team? 25. 25 picks. The league best, 25 interceptions. <laughs> and they score over 100 points in each quarter. 
Now, the Cardinals' first and fourth quarter, they're a little bit less, but in the second and third quarter, the Cardinals have scored 100 points in those quarters. 120, 119, 103, 109. And then you start looking at their special teams. they got one of the best punters in the league. Uh, we know that John Bones, uh, J- Jim Fossil's son, John Fossil, he was with the Rams. They brought him in as a, as a special teams coordinator. You know, he's a guy that will try to go for a fake punt. I mean, they're they're just well coached. And, and to me, uh, no disrespect to the previous uh, Mike, what was it, uh, Mike Nolan was there last yeah. year. Dan Quinn, I mean, and sometimes you're better off being a lieutenant than general because he did a really good job in, in with the Legion of Boom, gets the head coaching job. Did a nice job, but maybe they never recovered from that 25-3 Super Bowl. And here they hire him, and I'm sure he's going to get another ton of interviews again. Um, But to me, it's the mentality, and we shouldn't be surprised. Now, 25 interceptions, I mean, that's off the charts. But that's what they did in Seattle. They create pressure up front. They didn't have to blitz, and then they just tee off on you. So it's, it's kind of the blueprint that comes with Dan Dan Quinn when it comes to his defense. Strong as far as keeping teams out of the end zone, and they've been able to score that defense. Six defensive touchdowns, five pick six, and one fumble recovery. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence last week recorded his first ever touchdown of his career. He had a 40-yard pick six. So that's from a defensive end spot not someone in the linebacker or secondary so very impressed by what I've seen and read about this Cowboys defense 14 takeaways during this current four game winning streak to just four turnovers so they are 10 positive plus 10 in turnover differential so you keep possession of the football don't turn it over I like your chances yeah and and let's not gloss over the Cardinals because they they scored 47 touchdowns this year Dallas 54 um the opponents have scored 34 against the Cardinals and 34 against the Cowboys. So both teams have given up 34 touchdowns on that side, 54 touchdowns, Cardinals 47. So it, it, it's they're like, it's not like it's overwhelming. They're in the team picture when it comes to that kind of stuff. When you look at what the Cardinals do well offensively, and I know it hasn't been a lot in recent weeks, and then you look at how well the Cowboys defensively are playing, I don't know – if there's a particular weakness, but this team talking about the Cardinals can't get discouraged if something's not working immediately, especially playing at AT&T stadium. And we can get into the fact that Kyler Murray's undefeated there. I, I don't, it's a storyline, but I don't think it's a major factor. How are you playing going into that game and how you coming out of that game means more. You know, what's funny is, and our colleague Darren Urban did a, he's got a great story online, just, you know, him growing up and, playing in that stadium and he's unbeaten and then we fast forward and and maybe if this team was you know a couple more wins Calvin Beecham was asked about it he says listen uh, that's great stat but is it going to help us what he did in the past in the red zone Um, and then Jordan Hicks was asked about he goes oh that's a great number but kind of like my theory this year playing the Rams I mean it doesn't carry over yeah, I mean, he's gone back there and played. We know he's been successful, and and he's going to have family and friends there. I mean, hey, more power to him. I mean, he's if he, I mean, he's comfortable. Like I thought, Drew brought up a good point. You know, Jerichoff against the Cardinals and you know, other players. Sometimes you just have their number, but this is a completely Dallas different Dallas team. Last year there, Dak got hurt before that game. Andy Dalton started. Um, Zeke Elliott was heavy. He was fumbling the football. But give the Cardinals credit. Christian Kirk had a couple touchdowns. Christian Kirk's played well. 
Yes, he has. At, at Texas, um, at uh, the, the I guess the uh, AT and T Stadium AT&T. when he was with Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean he's played there. He and he had two touchdowns last year in that game, and that's what they need from Christian Kirk. Eight total touchdowns in four games at AT and T Stadium for Kyler Murray. Or excuse me for Christian Kirk, Kyler Murray. Five of his eight wins came at Allen High School. A couple of state championships, three state championships. One win when he was with Texas A&M, another win in the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma, and then last year on Monday Night Football, beating the Cowboys 38-10. to But Kyler Murray didn't play particularly well. I mean, he had two Early touchdowns. on, right? He, his, he only had 188 passing yards. I mean, the touchdowns are what matters, but he was off on his throws. I were, do I recall that happened early in the game, or, or – you're saying the entire game? Or? No, just early in the game. Yeah. He, I think he was well, – we, That's what we were talking That was the homecoming and that really kind of – I wouldn't say flustered him, but he was pressing a little I bit. I remember watching that game and I'm thinking he's got to – because clearly going back there as a pro, it's a little bit different. Um, family, friends, but I do, I do recall that. I'm glad you brought that up because I just thought he's got to calm down. Calm down. You know, again, you can't, you know, score 10 points on one drive. So I – when you mentioned that, I do recall that he was too he was too amped up, and that's to be to me. He was 23 years old at the time, going back there, playing in the National Football League against a team that he probably watched growing up. There's something to be said about familiarity with that venue to where you walk in, and yes, it's cavernous, and there's this large scoreboard hanging from the ceiling, and sometimes you're in awe. Kyler Murray's not going to be in awe of that, so. I do expect him to play well, and I think he understands he needs to play well for this team to right the ship. And I'm not saying it's a must win, but this team just needs overall to play better on offense. Defense is a different story. We can get into that on our next edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, when we look at that Cowboys offense and the number of weapons that they have. But this Cardinals offense needs to figure out to get not just 30 points, but how about hit that 20-point mark for the first time in a couple of games? Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, Darren asked Jordan Hicks, you know, just about going there last year. And when you get to this point in the year and based on being on a three-game losing streak, you know, I mean, you, I think you have to treat this like a playoff game. I mean, because what's Seattle going to look like in Weed Are they going to play everyone? They're going to play spoiler. Uh, hopefully the Cardinals won't have any more injuries. This is the closest thing you're going to get to before you before you get into the playoffs, the Seattle game, you got to win it, take care of business, go five and one in the division, win a home game. But this is the, the next time they play a game like this is going to be in the playoffs. You never want to make too big of a deal on one particular game, but it does seem like there is a more sense of urgency publicly coming from that locker room. Jordan Hicks quote: "It is clear with how the last couple of games have gone and what we're trying to accomplish that this is a big game." End quote. I wouldn't say must win. No. Clearly. I mean, they're all must wins as you get later in the season, but they're already clinched. So hopefully that they don't have that pressure. Oh, we're pressing. We got to, we got to win this game to get in the playoff. They got, they got 10 wins. They got two games to go, but this is the, this is the closest game and probably one of the most complete teams in the league they'll play before they get into playoffs. The Cowboys come in. On a four-game winning streak, they're 11 and four. The Cardinals, 10 and five, come in on a three-game losing streak. On paper, as far as records are concerned, it shapes up as one of the better matchups of Week 17, and it got flexed into the late slot on Fox. So you're getting Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. You're getting that number one announcing crew. Yet at the same time, who are you more? Who do you have more confidence in going into this contest? It's the Cowboys. 
there, there's no argument there. Well, I mean, you, you said. I mean, you, you take both teams combined, they got 21 wins. You go back to last year, because of the injuries, Dallas finished 6-10, the Cardinals finished 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, they got 21 wins combined. One has 11 and one has 10, but last year, Dallas obviously stubbed their toe when they got injuries. 6-10, and 10, the Cardinals we know finished 8-8. Eight and eight. So, 21 wins, this is a quality matchup. It is, I like how you rephrased it, as close to a playoff game without it being a playoff game to where it's when you continue or you go home. But this is a game that I would like to see this Cardinals team put it all together and at least have somewhat uh, of a good feeling going into week 18 and into the postseason. Yeah, and, you know, I've heard different things, uh, you know, just to where, where their confidence is right now. Well, when you get beat three in a row, I mean – Again, uh, this is I said this every time, you know, talking about football. You lose three in a row and people are going to start questioning things. But I'm, I'm encouraged when I'm hearing this week where, again, I know the fans don't want to hear it, but you can tell the mental, uh, the mental of a team just based on their talking. They're not down. They realize they missed some opportunities, but they feel like they get back and get back to what they were doing, whether that's scoring 25 points or 300 yards versus 30 and 400. Um, but I, I feel good about where they are and what they're saying. Now they got to prove it on Sunday. And that's always been the thing. It's one thing to talk about it. Now you got to act on it and come out and be ready to play. I don't think this team was ready to play against the Lions. They took that team for granted. Oh, maybe they weren't quite ready against the Carolina Panthers, considering it was Colt McCoy, and all of a sudden you look across and it's the Panthers, and they're beat up and they're banged up, and all of a sudden Cam Newton comes into the building and the entire momentum, the entire energy, if you will, shifted over to that sideline, even though you were playing at home. I can understand a Green Bay loss, uh, a Rams loss, to a certain extent a Colts loss, but when you're at home, you need to play better. Now, this team has played very, very well on the road, 7-1. and one. It would be unbelievable, unheard of, remarkable if this team goes 8-1 and one on the road. Teams don't win eight road games in a regular season. I know you get an extra one here with a 17-game regular season schedule, but eight wins on the road, five wins potentially in the division, that's an outstanding season. The issue has been the record at home. Correct. And right now they would have to go on the road. But, again, if they take care of business and whatever, well, I guess if the Rams lose to the Ravens, all of a sudden they can get back in position. But um, they, they just they – just, you got you got to uh, avoid these losing streaks. I mean, three in a row is too much. We, we always tell good teams don't lose two in a row, and, and, and they preach that. Now you lost three in a row. So it's time to stop the bleeding and time to get a victory because it will go a long way from a confidence standpoint, and a quality win on the road against a quality football team. And it would quiet a lot of noise locally, nationally. Now, do we know if those coaches and players hear that noise? Well, we know their friends and family do. Well, Kyler, you know, a few different times he said a lot of people don't know what they're seeing or looking at. He, I mean, I don't, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said – you know, everyone thinks the sky's falling, and when you lose three in a row, it feels like it, to be honest. Uh, I'm sure it's probably worse for them than us. I mean, we still get to go home, and we don't have to worry about people asking us, hey, what happened the other day? I get that, but and you know what I'm saying? So, it, it's it, like I said, I just – you can't go back and change it. Yesterday I had a conversation with them. I'm like, if they could have just won that Lions game, the perception would be so different. 
yeah, I mean, the Rams were desperate. They they beat them in week four. They won. They, 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 the Rams treated it like a playoff game. Cardinals are at home, Monday night football. But if they just could have won that Lions game, but it didn't happen, so I can't dwell on it, but the perception would be so different. And when you hear something over and over, it, people think it becomes reality. Cardinals need to change that reality this week. It's going to be a great matchup, 225 kickoff. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins, and we will continue to break it down throughout the week. Anxious to hear what defensive coordinator Vance Joseph has to say when he turns on the film and looks at the Cowboys, specifically when he watched what happened on Sunday Night Football against Washington. Yeah, and I used your stat when I asked the question of Jordan Hicks. You know, they, they, they've had a hard time stopping the run, and after that 43-yard run, uh, Jonathan Taylor only edged 2.45. Now, the idea is to win the game. Now, we, you and I know what the issue was. It was the secondary. It was the passing game of Carson Wentz. But for three quarters, they were in his face. He took some shots, and I give him credit because he made a lot of good throws. I didn't know he had that kind of arm strength, and it's always interesting when you watch someone in person and on TV. And even our producer, Jimmy Alamohundro, said, I didn't realize how big he was because you see him in the, in the shotgun next to Jonathan Taylor, and you're like, He's as tall as Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they're different body types, but yeah, that 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 again. Um, like I said, getting in Craig, we haven't even touched on something else, and we don't know when these guys are returning. But the Cardinals could uh, in the next three weeks, and I don't know if it's going to happen this week. Zeke Turner and Tanner Vallejo, and you know, nothing against Joe Walker, great locker room guy, good special teams guy. He did have trouble covering Doyle before he got hurt. Zeke Turner's more athletic, and, and people were questioning why Tanner Vallejo was in there. It's because of the eyes. He knows the defense. He's been in this system now three years, so um, you can never have enough depth, and Joe Walker's a really good special teams player, but if you can get Zeke Turner or Tanner Vallejo on there, you know, because right now it doesn't look like Zayvon Collins is going to sniff the field just based on these guys coming back. We know it's it's Hicks and Simmons, but sometimes they go to their nickel and dime package, and Zeke Turner and Tanner Vallejo, they they have a high football IQ. They're not going to make a lot of mental mistakes out there. Turner, more of a special teams guy, but can play defense in a pinch. He has not played since week five, hurt his shoulder. Vallejo has missed the past five games, hurting his knee. But as you pointed out, both of them on the practice field designated to return from IR. We'll see if that's this week or next week, at least to get their feet wet before going into the postseason. Yeah, I asked someone earlier, and they said, we just want to see how they're going to do this week. I, I, I don't. I, I would think it's more possibly the following week, but I don't know that for sure. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that, and uh, always good to have Mike Jarecki's uh, ears to the ground, and, uh, you know, he hears things sometimes a little bit different than uh, anyone else around this these parts. <laughs> On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.